Hey guys, welcome back. Uh, sorry I missed out last week. I had some things come up. wasn't able to get it uploaded. Uh, this Sunday we're preparing for uh, Thanksgiving. Coming up this Thursday. And next Sunday starts uh, the first weekend of Advent. First Sunday of Advent. So that's another big thing coming up. But most people are considering the things to be grateful for. And we'll find that in uh, our chapter today with Nehemiah, chapter 9, trying to continue on a uh, little series that uh, started a couple weeks ago. So we'll pick up in uh, Nehemiah, chapter 9, verse 1, uh, dealing with the Israelites confessing their sin. It says, Now on the 24th day of the month, the children of Israel were assembled and fasting and sackcloth, and there was dirt on them. And the offspring of Israel separated themselves from all the foreigners and then stood and confessed their sins and the iniquities of their fathers. They stood in their place and read from the book of the law of the Lord, their God, for a fourth of the day, and then for another fourth they confessed and worshipped the Lord their God. So I'm going to stop right there with the first three verses at the moment. Uh, something I want to point out, something that God has always done with his Israelite people, and even to us, his Gentile adopted people, is he's always called us to a life of separation from the world around us. You look through the uh, book of uh, Leviticus and Deuteronomy and how the Lord was calling his people to be separated from the ones around them, to stand out, to look different. Uh, We'll look throughout the New Testament and we see where it tells us not to be conformed to the world, but to be transformed by the Word of God. Several times we see this topic brought up in the New Testament. So we're seeing it brought up right here again, how the Israelite people uh, separated themselves. In verse 2, they separated themselves from all the foreigners and stood and confessed their sins. So that's the first thing that they did. Getting into the book of the law, and they separated themselves from the non-Israelite people, the foreigners that were with them, not to, not to be mean to the people, but just to separate themselves, to get alone with where they should be. And I'm going to pick back up in verse 5. It says, Then the Levites, Joshua, Kedmel, Benai, Hashabenai, Sherebiah, Hodiah, Shebaniah, and Pethiah said, Stand up and bless the Lord your God forever and ever. Let them bless your glorious name, which is exalted above all blessings and praise. You alone are the God. You alone are the Lord. You have made heaven, the heavens of heavens, with all their hosts, and earth and all that is on it, the seas and all that is within them, and you preserve them all, and the hosts of heaven worships you. You are the Lord God who chose Abram and brought him out of Ur to the Chaldeans. He gave him the name Abraham and found his heart faithful before you. You made a covenant with him to give the land of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, and Prezerites, and the Jezebites, and the Gergesites, to give it to his seed. Indeed, you have fulfilled your words, because you are righteous. 
And when you saw the affliction of our fathers in Egypt, you heard the cry by the Red Sea, and you enacted signs and wonders against Pharaoh and against all his servants and against all the people of this land, because you knew how arrogantly they had acted against him. Thus you made a name for yourself, as it is this day. You divided the sea before them, so they might pass through the midst of the sea on dry ground, and cast their pursuers into the deep like a stone into a stormy water. By day you led them with a pillar of cloud, and by night with a pillar of fire to light the way for them to go. You came down to Mount Sinai and spoke with them from heaven and gave them just requirements, true laws, good statutes, and commandments. You also revealed to them your holy Sabbath, and by the hand of Moses your servant, you set in place for them the prospects, statutes, and laws. You gave them bread from heaven for their hunger, and you brought water out of the rock for them to thirst, for their thirst. And you told them to enter in order to possess the land which you had sworn to give them. So we're going to stop right here, uh, stop at verse 15. That's a mouthful right there, but in short, they were taking the time to reflect on the goodness of God, the things that he had done over the centuries, over the generations, taking remembrance of what God had done and being thankful for it. That's something that uh, I really want to encourage everybody to do, not just this week because of Thanksgiving, but throughout their life, a daily life habit of thanking God for anything and everything. That is something that has been proven to help combat things such as depression and loneliness is to have a heart of gratitude. It's really hard to be heavily depressed when you're actively thanking God for everything. And sometimes that's a learned skill. Sometimes we have to physically stop in our tracks, look around, find the most minute thing and thank God for it. And find the next thing and thank God for it. And continuously find things to thank Him for until we're feeling it build up in us, the gratitude. It sounds silly, but it works. I know it works because I've done it and I've seen it done with numerous other people and it worked, especially dealing with depression. It might be something as goofy as sitting there on the toilet and you look at the Charmin toilet paper. And you thank God that you have some good toilet paper. That's a blessing. And then you look around and you find the hand soap and the toothbrush and the toothpaste and you thank God that you can have that stuff. And you look around some more, find some dirt on the floor and you're able to sweep it up with a broom and a dustpan and throw it in a trash can. And you can thank God that you have a broom, a dustpan, and a trash can to put it in. And dirt on the floor of a home, you can thank God that you have a home. And the list keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Now, what they're thanking God for and remembering God for is vastly bigger than toilet paper and brooms and, and homes. But it started small. I was thinking back uh, 
speaking of starting small, I was thinking back to something I was having to do for class studying, uh, looking at the parables of Jesus. Uh, one found in uh, both Matthew 13 and Luke 13, uh, dealing with the seed. How taking the, this farmer took a small mustard seed, the smallest seed of the common world at the time, and they planted it. And that small seed grew into a large tree. So a tree so large that even the birds could come by, various birds could come by and rest in its canopy top there. But it started with a small seed. So when dealing with gratitude, sometimes we got to start with that small seed and let it flourish. Let it completely infiltrate our lives and manifest within our lives our gratitude towards God. Picking back up in 16, this is where they begin to confess the sins of their fathers, which is something that is important, and we'll get to that in a moment. But 16 says, But they and our fathers acted proudly and hardened their necks and did not obey your commandments. They refused to obey and were not mindful of your wonders that you performed amongst them. They were hardened they hardened their necks and in their rebellion appointed a leader to return to their bondage, but you are a God ready to pardon, gracious and merciful, slow to anger, and abounding in kindness. It did not forsake them. Even when they had made themselves a molded calf and said, This is your God that brought you out of Egypt and committed terrible provocations, yet you in your great mercy did not forsake them in the wilderness. The pillar of the cloud did not depart from them by day to lead them in the way, nor did the pillar of fire by night to lead them in their way that they should go. And gave your good spirit to instruct them, did not withhold your manna from their mouth, and gave them water for their thirst. Forty years you sustained them in the wilderness, so that they lacked nothing. Their clothing did not wear out, nor did their feet swell. You gave them kingdoms and nations, and you divided them as boundaries. They possessed the land of Shion, which was the land of the king of Heshbon, and the land of Og, and the land of Bashan, the king of Bashan. Their descendants you increased like the stars of heaven, and you brought them into the land which you had promised to their fathers that they would enter and possess it. So the descendants went in and possessed the land, and you subdued for them inhabitants of the land, the Canaanites, and gave them into their hands with their kings and the peoples of the land to do with them as you would. They captured unassailable cities and a fertile land. They possessed houses full of all goods, wells dug, and vineyards, and olive groves, and fruit trees in abundance, so that they ate and were filled, and became fat, and they indulged themselves in your great goodness. 26 here says, Nevertheless, they became disobedient, and rebelled against you, and cast your law behind their backs, and killed your prophets, who had warned them to turn back to you. But they committed terrible provocations. 
Therefore, you delivered them into the hands of their enemies who afflicted them. When they cried out to you in the time of their affliction, you heard from heaven, and according to your abundant mercy, you gave them deliverers who would deliver them out of the hand of their enemies. But after they had rest, they again did evil before you. Therefore, you abandoned them to the hand of their enemies, so that they had dominion over them. Yet when they turned and cried to you, you heard them from heaven, and many times you delivered them from according to your mercies. You warned them in order to restore them again to your law, but they acted arrogantly and did not listen to your commandments. They sinned against you. They sinned against your ordinance, which would enable a man to live if he would do them, stubbornly turning away and become belligerent so that they would not hear. For many years they en- you endured them and warned them by your spirit and your prophets, yet they would not listen. Therefore you gave them into the hands of the people of the lands. Nevertheless, for the sake of your abundant mercy, you did not completely destroy them or forsake them. Indeed, you are a gracious and merciful God. Some heavy stuff. They were laying out everything in their oral history, and their oral tradition that they knew that their forefathers had done to sin against God. And they reflected on his mercy and his love kindness and his patience with them over these generations, over these centuries. Sometimes we got to actively confess what's going on, even if it's our forefathers all the way down to us. If it's something that has the potential to separate us from Jesus Christ, to separate us from God, we need to quickly confess it and get it out of the way. Let God handle it. Give it to God. Ask Him for His forgiveness, and He will forgive. That's what His Word says. From Genesis to Revelation is a major story of God forgiving us and reconciling us and bringing us back into His will. Now, verse 32 picks up with more thanksgiving. Again, this is the week of Thanksgiving, but I want us to have a culture and a lifestyle of thanksgiving every day of the week, not just the week of Thanksgiving, not just during the holiday season, but every day. It says, Now therefore, our God, the great, the mighty, and the awesome God, who keeps covenant and mercy, let not all of the hardship since the time of the kings of Assyria until this day that has come on us, our kings, our princes, and our priests, and our prophets, our fathers, and all of your people, seem insignificant to you. You are the righteous for everything that has come upon us, and you have acted faithfully while we have done wickedly. For our kings, princes, and priests, and our fathers have failed to keep your law and did not obey your commandments and your warnings. And when you confronted them, even when you confronted them, verse 35 says, For whether in their kingdom or in your abundant goodness that you gave them, or in the spacious and fertile land that you set before them, they have neither served you nor turned away from their wicked deeds. Here we are, slaves today. The land that you gave to our fathers was for eating its fruit and the goodness, and behold, 
we have become slaves on account of it. Because it is abundant produce belongs to the kings whom you have set over us due to our sins. They have control over our bodies and over our livestock. As they please, we are in great distress. And then verse 38 says, On the basis of all this, we are executing a written agreement that is being sealed by our princes, the Levites, and the priests. That is a big confession that they have made there. And even while making the confession, they were still reflecting on the righteousness and the goodness of God. Sometimes when hard things come in our lives, sometimes it's the fruit of our choices. And sometimes we've got to live with that. Even though we've asked for forgiveness, sometimes we still have to bear the fruit of our choices. Other times, there's some hard things that come into our lives that are not the fruit of our choices, but just the fruit of the circumstances that we've been placed in. We need to not blame God for the hard times, but realize that sometimes we're allowed to go through the hard times so that we can grow and flourish. Just like that mustard seed that grew into the mighty tree, one, it didn't happen overnight. Two, it had to go through a transformation. One, the seed had to die itself and then be birthed into what would become the tree. I'm going to repeat that because it's something that I want you to get. The seed itself had to die so that it could be transformed into the tree. And out of that seed came the tree. Sometimes the stressful things in life are what we need to become the tree that blesses the ones around us, to grow in health. If you go to the gym, you fully expect, if you're doing it right, that you're going to have a little bit of aches and pains and your muscles are going to hurt. But give it a couple days and you're feeling stronger. And the next time you go to the gym, you can lift more, run faster, have stronger stamina. But you could not get to that point of lifting more, doing more, having more stamina without going through the pain of getting to that point. So sometimes we need to realize that what we're facing is making us stronger. Is building us up, not for our own sake, but for the kingdom's sake, for the sake of the ones around us. And sometimes the disobedience of ourselves and the prior generations do enslave us. Sometimes our choices, listen here parents, sometimes our choices affect the generations below us and enslave the generations below us. It doesn't take much to make that simple observation with certain life habits to see it passed down from one generation to the next. We can look at the topic of alcoholism. 
many people did not become alcoholics as a first generation habit. Some did, but many people, you can trace it back to the generations that they had an issue with that habit, that addiction. Their parent had an issue with that addiction. Their grandparent had an issue with that addiction. Sometimes we need to stop and be the one that breaks that chain in the name of Jesus Christ. If we had abusive parents, we can make the choice to break that chain in the name of Jesus Christ. If we had parents that were addicts of drugs or sex or alcohol or any other vice that is not of God, we can break that chain in the name of Jesus Christ so that it does not get passed down to our children. So we have a lot to be thankful for this week. We need to look at the things that we need to be thankful for. We also need to examine the things that make us ungrateful. We need to examine our lives and our hearts and make sure that there's nothing that is separating us from a fulfilled life with God the Father. And if there is, we need to quickly come to Him and ask for His forgiveness and give it to Him. And if there's any sin chains being passed down from John generation to the other, we also need to quickly come to God and ask for His forgiveness and break that chain in the name of Jesus Christ. I hope y'all have a blessed week. I'm going to pray us out. Thank y'all for listening. Thank y'all for your love. Father God, I thank you for your love. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you that we're able to look back and see how you, your hand has been on your people throughout the ages, Father. That we can look back and see imperfect people and how they return back to you and how we can always return back to you Father I just ask that you just bless anybody that's listened Father anything that is not of you I pray that it fall to the wayside and not be remembered not be heard but I pray that your word will manifest within our hearts and within our lives Father and that you would guide us in all things in your name Amen